my why is to help people around the world who are facing problems in their daily lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Starts With Why. My name is Zane. And my name is Lauren. Welcome back, listeners. How's it going, Zane? It's going good, Lauren. A past guest that we had, Isa, did like a clothing uh, drive collection recently. And so I brought all my friends together and I had everybody do a clothing swap. So we switched clothes, like clothes that we don't wear. And then we donated the rest to Isa. And with the the school season kicking off, she's been doing drop-offs to like uh, families in need of like backpacks, school supplies, school clothing. So I thought that we'd, you know, kick off with a good news story of Isa, the Teddy Bear Foundation, um, and uh, and the amazing work she's doing. Oh my gosh, so cool. I always wonder, well, we always say at the end of a lot of podcasts, like, I can't wait to see what you'll do next. But that's so cool. We got we got a highlight or an update so soon. Yeah, yeah. She She's doing really, really great work. Um, all of the young people that we have the honor of connecting with do phenomenal, phenomenal work for today's guest. I can't believe it, but Lauren, she was named America's top young scientist for inventing a quick, low-cost test to detect lead-contaminated water, a topic that we we haven't discussed yet on the podcast. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Gitanjali to the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Is this your first podcast or have you done podcasts before? I have done podcasts in the past. Yeah. Okay. So you're a pro. This isn't the first one. Uh, Well, we're so (laughs) excited regardless, even if it's your 50th one, we're so excited to have you. Before we jump into the amazing work uh, that you've done, we'd love to know about you, how old you are, where you're calling in from, any, any fun facts that you'd like to share. Yes, so I am 14 years old and I am coming in from Denver, Colorado. Uh, I do fence. I fence, um, one of my favorite sports. And I bake, obviously. Not the best at it, but I'm experimenting. And I'm a glider pilot, so I'm working on getting my pilot's license to fly gliders. Those are the coolest hobbies. (laughs) That is for sure. How did you get into those? I know we won't focus on it the whole podcast, but With gliders, how did you get into that? Yeah, so for gliders specifically, my dad is a private pilot. Um, He's been doing it as a hobby for a long time. And I used to fly on planes with him when I was three or four years old. And I just wanted to get my hands on the controls. So as soon as I turned 13, I was like, let's go. Let's go start taking lessons. So that's how I'm working on getting my pilot's license right now. Oh, my gosh. We... We love a, a confident woman, and you. I love that you just wanted to take the reins yourself. That's so cool. Excellent. Okay, well, besides this, besides your incredibly cool hobbies, you do a lot more. You do a lot of work uh, that impacts a lot of people. So maybe you could tell us a bit about your about your project, about your initiative, and how it all came to be. Absolutely. So... My goal, um, I went into this knowing that whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to make an impact on the world, Um, whether it was to save people's lives, whether it was to make people's daily lives better. I knew that 
I always wanted to help other people, even even since I was the age of five or six. I played the piano in hospitals and assisted livings because I, I just felt satisfied by seeing that smile on someone's face and knowing that I did something to help them. So it started there and I started looking at things in a scientific approach. And my initiative soon became tackling some of the biggest world problems using the latest developments in science and technology. So some of my devices that have garnered recognition is Tethys, obviously, which you talked about, um, that detects lead in drinking water faster and more inexpensive than any other current methods out there. Another one was Epione to help diagnose prescription opioid addiction. After that, I developed a artificial intelligence service called Kindly to help detect and prevent cyberbullying at an early stage. And right now I'm working on identifying parasites in water in a less expensive and easier way. So a lot of my work revolves around that idea of global challenges that people face, but a subset of that. And now I've actually expanded my work to not only you know, practicing the idea of innovation, but also, you know, practicing what I preach almost. Um, I travel the world and speak at global conferences and run innovation workshops to help inspire other teens and Gen Z to help um, to to be innovators. I really like to say that there shouldn't be one Gitanjali. Um, there's got to be so many of us because we're growing up in a place where we're seeing problems that have never existed before. And it's important that we all play a part in solving them. Lauren and I, you can't see us, but our mouths, I'm sure I can't see Lauren, but I just know her so well, that our mouths are wide open, Gitanjali, because you are maybe the most impressive 14-year-old I have ever connected with ever. So, um, yeah, a hundred percent. That is so impressive. I am sure you are so proud of the incredible work that you've done. And to, to, um, respond to your point, if there were more Gitanjali's in the world, our world would look very different in the best way possible. So, um, I totally agree with you. I think you are inspiring so many, uh, young leaders to do what you've done. But with that being said, Gitanjali, like the stuff that you've done is amazing. Amazing. Like the, you know, the device uh, that focuses on cyberbullying is so smart. So I'd like to go back and tell us about that very first moment um, where you were where you said, you know what, this is an issue. This is the first time I have decided I'm going to take action on this issue. I love that question. And it's not when I get often. So the first time was actually when I was Ooh, that's actually a broad one. I think it wasn't really a first time. It was more of like a it was more of like a learning and like a growth mindset sort of situation because I know in kindergarten I messed around a lot and it wasn't like innovating my own things, but it was like how can I make a bigger and better volcano with more baking soda and more vinegar? Um as soon as I hit second grade, I started seeing problems and going in with that more um uh, what's the word? Like more an eye that's able to look at what's going on around me. And what I the first problem that I looked at was the International Space Station. Um, it was not a problem per se, but it was something within it that really struck my eye is how do the astronauts have space to eat and sleep? And I don't know, like do dance lessons. Um, and it slowly went from that to how can I make more space for astronauts to 
you know, do whatever they want. So I wanted to create a system in which like a light switch, like with the flip of a switch, everything goes underground on the International Space Station. Obviously, it does not work because my parents did not let me dig a hole underground. But it was at a point where I could, um, you know, I was proud of the prototype that I'd created. And from there, it just kept accelerating. The year after that, I almost created like a clothing line for pollen detection because I'm allergic to it. Um, I created a windshield to absorb laser lights in airplanes, a way to detect black box um, black boxes of airplanes using underwater laser communication. Um, and then created a device to help diagnose snake bites at an early stage. It kept going from there. And each one of them had their own triggering point. That's when I started seeing things happen and going, you know what, if nobody else is going to solve it, I'm going to solve it. Um, and it, it, it kept going like that. And to this day, this parasitic contaminants one that I'm working on right now was actually inspired by a simple documentary that I was watching at, I don't know, 10 p.m. the other day. It could be something as simple as that, that, you know, really that really drives my initiative and drives the reason I want to make change. Oh my gosh. I don't know where to start. Angela, you're just so, uh, we've said it before. I'll say it again. You're so impressive. And it's just so incredible that you looked at issues that exist around the world and you thought, well, I'll just solve them. You know, there it's, there's a problem in front of me and I have the will, the way and the intelligence to do so. So I love that drive. And that motivation that you have. So I, I'm, I'm thinking of other young people or even just myself listening to your story and hearing, okay, there are, of course, so many issues, different issues that uh, are affecting our world right now. And sometimes I'll, I'll just feel overwhelmed by them or, or maybe I'll feel guilty, but I, I'm not sure where to take that first step. So how do I get started if I want to actually make a difference, make an impact? Because all of all of the things that you've tackled, it's it just seems like, well, I could never. And it, well, it, that's true. I don't think I could ever. But it, it, it just seems so impressive. So someone starting out, where do you start? Wow. So I like to say start with what you love. And I was throwing together a presentation the other day and I was presenting it to my brother, I'm pretty sure, as an example. And um, my brother is eight years old and I was saying, so start with what you love. Start with what you love to do, because if you're not having fun with it, there's no point in innovating. And the biggest thing I got with him is what I love, what, what I love to see, what I love to do, what I love to look at. And it was it was definitely I had to think about it for a little bit. And then I realized all of those innovation should be about what what problems that you understand and connect with. So if you know that one thing you are super passionate about, it makes your journey that much easier. For example, when I looked into Tethys, I was super interested in water research at the time. Um, I toured a water plant and I was really excited about you know, the water that was coming out of our taps. Every day I was more and more aware of what I was drinking um, out of, you know, out of my tap. And I realized that this is a problem I want to solve because I love water. I love the technology behind it and I can go about it. My next biggest tip to anyone starting out is ask for help. I was so reluctant to do that. And it was because I, I was at that mindset where I want to do this myself because it's my own project. And while it is like that, 
as an 11 year old developing tethys at that age it was it's it's crazy hard to try and fit into that world of adult scientists as well so i suggest everyone go out and look for a mentor or an expert who you can email who you can ask about for questions because the worst answer you're going to get is no and then you just try again asking for help is just such an important thing in my books and it's a great way to start out your innovation process that's really really good advice i i think it's helpful that you related it to creating uh tethys because you were excited about water you said there's a problem here i need to solve it and you said you know what i i need to ask for help for me to find really what the gap is and how i fill it so with that being said with all the initiatives that you've done i'm sure and it's a good segue into how you ended by saying the worst thing you can hear is no so my uh, question for you is like you put so much soul and heart into these projects and you've named us so many that have been successful but i'm sure that you've experienced ones that maybe weren't as successful so how do you deal with those no's how do you deal with making mistakes because i think that's something that all our listeners uh can really learn from from your story i like to say that a lot of people only see the really happy pretty side of things where that is not always the reality um I can tell you there have been countless times where I failed or something isn't working and I had to scrap the whole thing and start from the beginning. One of my favorites was the windshield one I was talking about that absorbs laser light. I had, I think it was for a school project that I actually started developing that and it got taken so beyond school, but it was originally just an idea with that was based on compressed metamaterials, I believe. So like plastic that is super super compressed if that makes sense and i it was the day before my presentation or it was a week before my presentation and i was you know doing some last minute background research and i figured out that you know yesterday the entire paper had been published with the exact same solution and it's the odds of that happening are like one in a million but you know it happened and I had to figure out a way around it. And honestly, my initial thought process was, I have this other project that I have booked, let's just do that one. Even though it wasn't something I was totally passionate about, I knew it was easy to do in a week. And I didn't do it, mainly because I thought about it, thought about the bigger picture. And I was like, okay, I could create a, I don't know, like a new stuffed animal, or I could create something that could save thousands of lives around the world. And that's that's what I'm trying to say here is remember the bigger picture. Remember why you're doing it. Um, it's one thing to innovate and come up with new solutions, but it's another thing to actually put that out there and see the impact it makes. So for me, when I, when I feel like all is lost and I just want to scream, um, my biggest thing that I think about is why am I doing any of this anyway? I think about all the people in Flint, Michigan. I think about all the people who imagine how their lives would change if something like Tethys was there in you know in their state, in their city. If some if something like Tethys was anybody can use it. And that it immediately inspires me and it makes me want to get back up and realize that I'm doing all of this for a reason and I'm helping people. Wow. Katangela, you are most definitely just a force. This It's just so cool to hear about all of the things that you've done. So you did, you mentioned uh, that you would recommend people find a, a mentor and someone to help guide them. So 
Is there anyone in your life that you've kind of named as a mentor and and someone that has helped you along the way? Of course. Um, I'll start with the very cliche answer. My parents obviously have always been mentors for me ever since day one. I think it's, it's always a staple to have my parents in my life. And I'm just so glad I have people who's kind of support my journey as a young inventor and a scientist. Other than that, my biggest mentors are um, the people who run the labs that I work in. So the University of Colorado Denver lab with Dr. McMurray, he's my biggest mentor there. And Dr. Solene Hernandez Ruiz, while I was working in Denver water for a little bit, doing my tests there, she was my, one of my biggest mentors there. And one of my early childhood mentors, Miss um, Jennifer Stockdale, um, I actually sent her, I think, I don't even remember what this is for, but in second grade, I sent her a little a little book report about Ella Enchanted. And she told me that I was going to change the world one day. And it, it stuck with me for the longest time. And people like that are people who, um, you know, who I consider mentors, somebody who I can go back to for anything. And still to this day, I'm in touch with her. I just did an innovation workshop for her, you know, for some of her students. And it was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so sweet. It was like a full, full circle that you were once the student and then you, you came back and you taught them. But that is, that's really good advice from Lauren. It's a really good question because I really do think that it changes everything when you have um, an, a figure that you can lean on and, and ask for support and advice. So I'm sure that you are that person uh, and you will be that person to so many young and old people because you really are a very you're a very um you're a very special person and I really like what you said that what keeps you going is you think about why am I even doing this like you think about all the people these inventions will support and how they're going to profoundly change people's lives so it says a lot about you honestly that that's how you you stay centered so that's a really good segue into how we end the podcast a fun way to just wrap it up we started with your amazing why we learned about the inventions that you've done and and who you are as a as a young leader but we'd like to end off with a why phrase or word do you have one ready for us one of my favorite quotes of all times is from Maya Angelou you can't use up creativity the more you use the more you have creativity is something that's been close to my heart I'm a huge problem solver and also a huge creative thinker I love drawing I love painting um which people don't usually see is I'm um I love sketching a lot um work with charcoal a lot and then there's also that super technical side of me um I think it really defeats the purpose of like the left brain right brain thing um I'm a combination of both so I really like to say that creativity is involved in everything that you do and um don't think that the world's problems have been solved just go for it and go for you know do whatever you want and you know as long as you're passionate about it you're going to make a difference in society it's super super inspiring to to hear your story and to hear you say that and that's really good advice like don't assume that problems have been solved be creative think outside the box which your story is one that really shows just that so that's a really great way to end the podcast so uh before we let you go how can people find you Gitanjali? absolutely so you can find me off of 
Twitter at Gitanjali A. Rao or LinkedIn at Gitanjali Rao. Um, I also have a book coming out called A Young Innovator's Guide to STEM, which is available for pre-sale on Amazon, um, which just outlines some tips and details about how to jumpstart your innovation journey for students, educators, and parents. Um, and you can learn more about that on my Twitter or LinkedIn. Wow. Well, we will. It's it's funny because we at the top of the podcast, we were talking about how we'd love to see what these these innovators, these inventors uh, or social justice heroes, what they do next. And you are certainly one to watch. So we we really can't wait to to learn more about you, hopefully read your book and and be even further inspired. So thank you so much again for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you, listeners. We will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Don't give up. Anything is possible.